Welcome to the TFT Podcast. That's Theory for Turntables. I'm Matt. That's Ryan. Ryan, come here, late bloomer. It will make you smile. I can see that fire burning in you, little child. That's good. I'm glad that we, we synced up. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we uh, gravitate towards different pulls of an album uh, as both a line that um, – what do we – I mean, it, without, without just staring right into our, our navels, it's interesting that what we choose to reference. Because um, as, as you – those of you are, are um, listeners know that um, a structure has started to emerge from the chaos uh, you know in the period in the year in which uh, um, these effing teenagers became theory four turntables uh, different elements of format edit added at different times and one of these elements is after we do the intro one of us references a line from the album that we're discussing to to each other and sometimes we end up in different ones but this one this time we both had uh, the lyrics to late bloomer from uh, Jenny Lewis's the Voyager pulled up uh, which is the album that we're doing today. Um, and I guess, and you know, I think we choose both this a song that we like a lot, and also a um, line or lyric that is funny when and said in the context of a conversational podcast rather than an indie pop song. Right, and, um, and not just any conversational podcast. It's funny said in the context of your and my dynamic, right? Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a funny line for us to say to to one another and and also like uh, also i think it's like something that's not not just a good song but a song or a moment that we consider to be kind of a high point or a memorable point of an art uh, of the album it's obviously i mean if it's the one that you remember and sort of cue up to say it's the one that you know that sticks that sticks out for you i mean i look at the the uh the forms of order that have emerged in this podcast i look at it with an even longer view i remember episode five or six experimental noise collective uh where we were uh when we started out uh, as a gossip girl podcast that we um uh, that i think at some point we just started making random noises and banging our heads against the microphones yeah i believe i believe i was rubbing the microphone um uh, against my beard stubble <laughs> if memory serves just just in order to i mean right and i think of that as kind of the primordial ooze out of which this you know relatively i mean comparatively very very polished uh artifact now emerges right and and from there to now has been this process of 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 gradual refinement as a uh, you know as a, almost a, almost a fractal process of filling in at the macro and then uh, increasingly more micro levels of detail as we go to the point where we now have a baroque structure that like again not to s- stare too far into the navel involves like uh, involves the intro the uh, the quote from the song uh, a brief uh, talk about about a brief talk about the album by way of introduction, a fake sponsor read that's a little improv game that we do based on, uh, you know, based on um, I, I don't even know what it's what it's based on, based on some element in the in, in the album, and then the actual podcast where we tend to talk about large scale topics and then do close readings of the of the songs, right? Like, God, it it sounds boring when you put it like that. I think we need to move on to another topic. Well, we're we're almost on to. The- 
the the ad. So in some ways, we're not actually going to do too much intro uh, of Jenny Lewis's The Voyager uh, pre uh, pre ad bump uh, because we've we've used our allocated time <laughs> to talk about ourselves because we we are the we are our own favorite album. <laughs> uh, we're at the top of our own top ten list, but close behind, I think, uh, uh, is is this album. Um, I know this is one. Even though this isn't a podcast about liking music, it's a, po- a podcast about finding music interesting. Uh, we both liked this album a lot, I think, yeah. uh, and, and it shaped our enthusiasm for it. And I think that there were a lot of, um, even though uh, Late Bloomer, which I know we'll talk about, um, you know, had the line that really jumped out at us. Uh, this is an album that had, I think, a lot of interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a lines. loser. I don't think there's a loser on this record. I mean, there yeah. are high points, but I, you know, yeah. I don't think there's uh, yeah, filler yeah. on this record. Yeah, exactly. And then that's the thing that I've liked about um, Jenny Lewis's performance and uh, and songwriting since uh, back in the day uh, when she performed uh, with Rilo Kiley and um, some of her earlier uh, the earlier Rilo Kiley albums. So you're going to have to hit me to a lot of that stuff because I, ca- I I freely admit that I'm a Philistine as as far as a lot of like post 1994 indie pop goes uh, yeah so we'll because we'll do- i actually had moments in this listening to this record where i was like god this sounds like that hard that this sounds like hard candy or like recovering the satellites or something right like yeah that's what that's where my mind goes that's my uh library of norms and of reference but we'll get into all of that uh in just a minute after this word from our sponsor have you been losing sleep and cannot sit still Yes, and I think my head's underwater, too. Well, don't put your head underwater. That's a stupid way to cure insomnia. Take Ambien. It's a drug. It's not mushrooms and Coke, but it's still... Fucks you up pretty good. You'll be sleepwalking and doing all kinds of things. Wow. Thanks, Ambien. Now we can all be a voyager. Now we can all take our blanket into the bath, except when we're sleepwalking. Ambien. (laughs) We're back. Um, so I want to I want to ask you a question, Ryan. Sure, There's... I'm 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 as as ready as I can be. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's a, that's another piece of our emergent order uh, that definitely started as chaos. Definitely started, uh, uh, you know. As as ourselves torturing each other, uh, and uh, and and so I'm as ready as I can be. Uh-huh. Um, I submit this this Jenny Lewis mm-hmm. with her. Uh... This Jenny Lewis with her Voyager and her late bloomer and her video with Kristen Stewart and Anne Hathaway in it. And, uh, and her, her like celestial uh, blazer. Yes. Her, her, right, exactly. Her celestial blazer, her collaboration with Beck, her, uh, you know, saying that, um, that she recorded an album with Connor Oberst that they're only going to release on edible vinyl. Uh, is, is she for real? Oh man, she is so for real. Really? Uh, she is. She is. So I think what's interesting, right, uh, is that she is that there is a trajectory of realness that I'd like to um, that I would like to um, map out, uh, and I think that it, it relates to how I've been thinking about the title of this album, The Voyager. Yeah. What's um, what's that about? That's a good place to start. 
I think that for me, it evokes, uh, and this is, I think, along with the Celestial Blazer and also some of um, the merch that I've seen that for me um, evokes elements of, of NASA and the space program, um, for me, makes me think of the Voyager, the Voyager space myth- mission, um, which was an unmanned um, uh, spo- space mission to the first to the outer uh, planets. And then um, is, I, you know, the Voyager uh, satellites or the Voyager craft uh, are still kind of spinning out in interstellar space now, right? Um, and these are, um, you know, unmanned space probes that were, you know, shot out on trajectories, you know, from Earth out through, you know, the, the arcs uh, of the outer planets of, of Jupiter, Saturn, uh, Uranus, Neptune, and now are kind of spinning out on on trajectories. Um, and I think that there's a number of ways in which that is um relevant. I, I think one that we can return to a little later on is about kind of the voyage and the the kind of empty space within, which I think is where the, there's a lot of the lyrical content of the, the um, closing track, the titular uh, track uh, Voyager uh, explores, uh, and a lot of the lyrical content. Um, but I think that, you know, when I, I look at the Voyager program um, on uh, on on uh, Wikipedia, and we'll, we'll link it in the show notes. You know that one of these images is of this trajectory of these satellites, right? Yeah. And, uh, and and that I that that's an interesting way to I think think about realness. Or you know, I know in the pre-show you also asked me if Jenny Lewis uh, is an indie band, um, and and I think that yeah, I, I was that, I was prepa- I was that was a feint to make you think I was going to ask that on the on the. No, no, but I think it's amazingly like I, you know uh, the rhythms are so well worn that I knew that that I, I knew that was a fake out, um, <laughs> and and so there's there's nothing new under the sun, um, and so I think that what's really interesting about this album, um, and so I made a playlist uh, on on Spotify that dumped in all of the Jenny Lewis material that I'm aware of um, in reverse chronological order. So starting with the Voyager um, and then with the 20, I think 13 um, Rilo Kiley, like uh, rarities compilation archives, um, the um, project with her, I believe uh, boyfriend or fiance. Uh, uh, I, I've, and I forget his last name, but I know that his, his first name from the, uh, the act uh, Johnny, Jenny and John, um, and then the first two solo albums, uh, Acid Tongue and Rabbit Fur Coat. Uh, and then in reverse chronology, the um, four Rilo Kiley studio albums, uh, Under the Black Light, More Adventurous, uh, Execution of All Things, and Takeoffs and Landings. And so, and, and part, and so as I listen to this in reverse chronology uh, through, throughout all day yesterday, basically, um, I... This confirmed a trajectory that I had mapped out in my mind of of this kind of trajectory of realness, or also just the trajectory of, of, me, of me being engaged with Jenny Lewis's music, um, and you know, to not without any real intention of being that guy, but with full awareness that I am that guy, I really liked Rilo Kiley's early stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, particularly um, in, around early 2000s, um, 
when I was, uh, you know, sort of just getting into the indie rock and roll. Um, and, and when I was into, I think, uh, when I was into emo music and kind of the ways in which um, Connor Oberst and uh, Saddle Creek was kind of at the fringes or the borderlands between um, sort of b- between indie emo and kind of folk or alt folk music um i got into the two r- earlier rilo kiley albums uh takeoffs and landings and the execution of all things um especially execution of all things i listened to uh, a lot and what i liked what i liked was this balance between kind of you know elements of low fineness and um and, and yet kind of good songwriting chops yeah. and kind of and, and and so there there's this kind of combination there um in the music and then that and then lyrically um and in vocal performance it combined and walked a really rare fine line between kind of tweeness and sweetness and kind of openness and rawness and, and kind of vulgarity in some places. Um, you know, that, uh, and, and there's still, and, um, there's a few points on as, as the Rilo Kiley, um, discography went onward, um, with more adventurous and under the blacklight, those, the balance of those moments shifted, uh, they became a little less, um, frequent and there were, it was a little less kind of consistent, um, sonic, and lyrical uh, atmospheres, and then I, I had been less of a avid fan of um, Jenny Lewis's earlier solo stuff um, because they they went in different genre directions and more alt country, alt folk, singer songwriter type directions, um, and and uh, there are elements of both the songwriting style and the sonics that sonics that I think buried a lot of those things that I liked about early uh, Rilo Kiley. Um, so I think why I, I by what I think is interesting. Uh, you know why I lay that out um, and lay that trajectory out is that I find that the Voyager, even though the Voyager spacecrafts kind of start at a place and um, and 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 spin out kind of you know until their systems shut down and are just continuing on a, a trajectory, I actually find that um, in the Voyager, Jenny Lewis's The Voyager, there there are elements of return, uh, and that what and that in both the way her voice is presented, in the songwriting style uh, and lyrically, um, and in kind of the cohesiveness of of the of the sonics, um, I find uh, a return. So that this is this Voyager is orbiting um, is is in is in, a, in an orbit of of sorts, I mean, uh, rather than an open trajectory. Yeah. It's, um, I- did, yeah. Sorry, were were you going to continue? I, you were having such a good role, and now I've ruined it. No, no, no. And I think so. So I think that. Um, and so I, I guess. Well, I guess what the last thought I'll say is that though I don't think that it's necessarily the case that it is. So I guess if I'm again looking at this image of orbits, uh, orbits versus the Voyager's kind of open-ended uh, trajectories, I don't necessarily believe that it is. I mean, this is you know presented in two dimensions, and I, I almost imagine that as Jenny Lewis's kind of realness, uh, however we're talking about it, has circled back around, rather than just being a loop and creating a closed loop, I see that there is. I mean, I think if you turn this kind of two-dimensional depiction of orbits on its side, I almost see that it's coming in at a similar kind of you know point of of realness but with more more resources um major label resources um you know again some of the producing songwriting um and kind of commercial partnerships that are depicted um you know that that you that you talked about so that there is a kind of 
uh, uh, at one point returning to a similar artistic place after um, both success, uh, you know, professional success, commercial success, and failure and challenges. Um, so, uh, so that I think that there is, um, in that way, a kind of you know. A, a, that it's not just circling back or returning to, you know, getting back to basics, but it's uh, somehow a return to elements of, of the songwriting craft and kind of approach, uh, incorporating, uh, and accumulating some of the kind of resources and experience that have, um, you know, uh, have, have accumulated over the, you know, past, you know, decade plus of, of, of her career. I think that this idea of uh, of orbits versus trajectories versus open ended trajectories is a really interesting and fertile one for for kind of an analysis of what's going on uh, on this record. Here's uh, here's how I see it, right? The the um, and and especially after especially after talking about Taylor Swift, right? right. Like uh, who who is another songwriter, right? Like. Uh, yeah, singer songwriter. That we we talked about some of the complications of authorship around around Taylor Swift. You know, she she writes those lyrics, right? Um, the thing the sings thing, them right into her voice memo. Yeah, exactly. She the chants thing, chants them right into her voice memo. The interesting thing uh, about a trajectory to me, and about those like kind of spiraling out charts, is that a trajectory is both like a. Uh, uh, is both a like a velocity vector, right? Mm-hmm. It's like both a position and a velocity, but it's also a history of previously occupied positions, yeah. right? Yeah. In a spir- kind of spiraling out in the case of something like Voyager or, you know, um, or, you know, whatever, a trajectory that takes you up and down or around or, or, or back again, right? It's, you think, when you think of trajectory, you almost think of the graph of position versus time, you know, where, mm-hmm. It's it's a record uh, again with all the sort of valences that that word has. It's a record um, as well as being a kind of open ended thing. And yeah. and to the it's not open. It's only open on one end, right? Like you can't swap out your past. You know, you can't swap out your past position, even though uh, you're not orbiting and coming back to it. Um, it's still something that you kind of trail behind you or sort of pull behind you like baggage. And the thing, yeah. the thing that that really strikes me, like at a very high level of abstraction, but as a difference between the Taylor Swift record and the Jenny Lewis record, um, and and uh, this is the thing that kind of bridges for me uh, the idea of orbits. Um, and trajectories um, is memory and nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. Completely missing from the Taylor Swift record because Taylor Swift and pop music and whatnot is um, uh, uh, is about now, right? Is about my experience right now, the yeah. the experience that I'm having, and it's kind of yeah. like the thought, the word, and the deed are kind of, and the song and the note, the melody are all of a piece, right? Like, and it's it's happening. The the you know, uh, even if these are songs about relationships, it's that you don't love me or you don't appreciate me or you know what I mean, whatever it is, you hurt me and I am hurt now. With on the Jenny Lewis record, it's much more. 
this is something that happened in the past. You hurt mm-hmm. or you didn't hurt mm-hmm. uh, me in the past, you know, right? And and mm-hmm. there's there's a sense of um, there's a sense of kind of emotion recollected, re- recollected in tranquility to it, right? There's yeah. there's that like the moment of singing is not the same moment as the moment of feeling. The feeling is more. A uh, the feeling is more a narration, and mm-hmm. and I connect aside from the the allusion to the to the space program. I was sort of thinking about the Voyager, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, and I'm trying to use the technique, the John Hollander technique of like, well, what else could this be called? What is this not called? Right? What were the other viable options that would alter the meaning of this in order to kind of ca- shed some light on what I think the actual meaning. Uh, of the the title is you know what Apollo it's not- Mariner Pioneer <laughs> it's not Challenger it- <laughs> well, yeah there you go that would be one um, the uh, uh, it's not called the Voyage yeah yeah right yeah. it's called the Voyager not the Voyage and and I think that that like the the which which says to me that the important thing here is not uh, not the plots, um, though salacious though they are. I, lo- I mean, like, can we just talk about late bloomer for the rest of the hour? Uh, right. right. Can we just talk about going to Paris and, and getting a female lover and and uh, and, you know, hanging out with her until until, uh, you know, she finds some uh, some guy who's so emo, but is really not all that. Um, well, I, I, I see your uh, I see your late bloomer and raise you an aloha in the three Johns, uh-huh. uh, right? With uh, John getting a hand job on the balcony below. Yep. Right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, the, the 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 details are are salacious, um, but that that I want I want to actually return to another piece of nostalgia here because I think that um, the idea of the nostalgia. Um, and the role that it's playing lyrically and the contrast with um, the songwriting, the lyrics in Taylor Swift, I think is uh, – there's another contrast uh, with respect to nostalgia, and it's the nostalgia – the the nostalgia that's evoked in the um, instrumentation and the sonic palette. Um, and you know that Taylor Swift's album, um, you know, 1989 is – you know, on the one hand – Given that you have a decade, you know, a a specific year that is what, like 25 years ago, um, seems to place this in a space of of nostalgia. um, And yet, you know, it is the year of Taylor Swift's birth, right? And and there's a a sense of nostalgia for a time that I never experienced, and it's actually not nostalgia. It's a, and and that even though you know we talked a little bit, bit last week about the synth pop elements that are in um uh, uh that are in 1989, uh there is a piece on uh, New York Magazine's Vulture, uh, I think written by Dave Holmes, a former MTV uh, VJ, that uh was you know how much does Taylor Swift's 1989 sound like actual 1989 right and and took the like you know billboard top 40 of like this week in 1989 and it doesn't and and that that you know that really that synth pop is is a few years uh a few years earlier um that that were you know by 1989 it's a different time right so there's a constructed um 1989 that you know at least has a lit- some element of the legitimacy of nostalgia or the legitimacy of a, um, a a previous time, but it's a nostalgia for a time that does not exist. And it's a, a, a kind of context-free uh, nostalgia, right? <laughs> There's a nostalgia for a, 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 an invented time um, and that, is, that is kind of 
nasty. <laughs> has it's it's it has a, 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 a has the a, the the feeling um of of pastness uh even though if you start really digging into it um there is no there's no there then uh there's no <laughs> right there's no then there um and uh and and whereas and i don't know and so what you know setting that up what do you make of the sonic palette? Because I think there is an element, especially given the thematic content and lyrical content about nostalgia. I think there's something going on, something slightly different going on with the sonic palette on this record. Um, but I, I don't know if I can totally put uh, my finger on it. I do have a sense of what. Well, what did I, th- you I mean, hear it's kind of. I mean, it's kind of funny, right? Like as Taylor Swift is getting out of country and into pop, right? Jenny Lewis is doing this. There's a lot of country on this on this record. At least I hear a lot of country, right? Uh, uh, on this record, just in tra- like almost like cowboy junkies type type country. Mm. Um, or I I also hear like I I heard to me it was like some some of it was like mid period Counting Crows to me. Mm. You know, like yeah. just just in terms of like the guitar hooks. There were actually a couple tracks where the guitar sound sort of evolved, got like more and more overdriven. At least yeah. I he- I heard it that way as the song went on, and and I kind of I mean. Almost from like a very clean, smooth jazz, you know, uh, guitar sound to like uh, to a more rock and roll kind of distorted, overdriven sound. And I thought of that as like uh, almost showing a progression of time, you know, as right. the you know as the guitar sounds in in pop music kind of got more. Got well, it's, a, it's a trajectory, right? Yeah, Exa- yeah, exactly. And it, uh, and it's a process. It's a sort of it's a sort of change through time. And I thought it was it was pretty cool to capture that um in the space of a single in the space of, of a single track yeah but it's i mean it's well, so and like, i'll say I'll, I'll actually just jump in i think the other piece here that i hear a little bit and i think it's strongest on head underwater but it's i think there throughout as well is a bit of the soft rock um and you know kind of epitomized by fleetwood mac um that you know head underwater to me feels um, you know that has elements of rumors era Fleetwood Mac, um, and there are elements of the sonic production um, that you know live in you know that both evoke elements of the uh, of the late seventies uh, um, and you know mid to late seventies kind of pop soft rock uh, adult contemporary um, space, um, and I think. And, and what is though then currently I think what what could be called the Heim space right that the um, yeah. kind of sonic territory related to um, you know a, a number of the corners of, of Heim sound uh, that we talked about last year um, and I think what's interesting though is that and I think maybe this is where there the the orbital piece of this and I think I think the way that in which it's different from Taylor Swift is that there is a, I think that it, it, you know, the answer is like, you know, uh, in terms of the different points of reference that you heard, that you heard country, uh, you heard kind of nineties country. I heard seventies kind of folk soft rock twinge. And we also heard elements of very current sounds is the answer is yes, it's all of those because these are things that come back around, um, and orbit in in different ways. And that, um, there's also a sense of like, of like portraits, right? Like snapshots in time, like portraits of a self in time, almost the way that like, you know, I don't know before Instagram filters, right. You could sort of tell the era, in which yeah. a photograph was taken, like of your parents' honeymoon or of, you know, uh, 
I don't know, the birth of yeah, the birth of their child or something like that, like based on the colors, uh, based on the furniture, based on the way that they were dressed, you know what I mean? And you could kind of date, you could kind of date a, a photograph based on that. You can kind of, there's a similar correlation, I think, though I, not always that straightforward, but uh, there's a similar correlation between um, uh, the sonic palette and the subject matter, right, in a lot of these songs. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's right. Do, is there a specific one that you um, identified in that way, or that you saw that going on very strongly? No, it, I, it's not that well developed an idea. It's it's just a sense. I mean, it's just a sense that like the thing that I think is important is that these are sort of these are sort of pictures of a self, right? These are sort of pictures of a voyager. Uh, uh, in time, right? Like in sort of contemplating, um, contemplating the, the, the experiences at a particular time, um, from a, from a, a sort of, from a sort of later point. And so the sonic, I mean, the sort of sonic melange is, uh, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not, my point is, I guess that it's not random, right? And it's not, it's not just a sort of mix and match, uh, one from column A, one from one from column B. Either I have a, an interesting. Uh, there's one song that I would like to um, maybe start on, um, and we can you know zoom back out to the the high level um, as needed. But I think that there's one lyric that I kind of puzzled over, um, and and that I think does a little bit of this like snapshot um that you're talking about in an interesting way um it's a song uh love you forever that comes in late in the in the record um and that uh it's you know the song that you know says it has you know the refrain or the kind of pre-chorus uh i can't believe i'm getting married in may um but there's a line that i kind of puzzled over and i think that makes me think about this elements of this cyclicality, the, the cycles of time and kind of the orbital um, part um, and, and, and things coming back around is uh, in the second, uh, the second verse of we were kids then in the daisy age and we wore peace signs as the riots blazed. Um, and I thought that that was interesting, right? Because this is on, on one reading, this sounds like this is talking about, the 1960s um 1960s early 70s that's the rodney king riots exactly no no i exactly yeah exactly and 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 it made me and and that was uh and but like feeling the resonance between the two of those um and and that and and that the daisy age um you know one you know one way i was thinking of that uh is is the is the early 90s right is is yeah. I, I think about blossom um and yeah. oh, oh and there was a strong current at least in la at the time i don't know if it was true and and she would have had it even more than i had cuz like i was i think 11 or 12 when the rodney king riots happened and she right. would have been like i think she's 5 or 6 years older than we are um so yep. she would have been in full like teenage, you know, author- you know, culture like, you yep. know, culture lockdown. Um yep. and the uh there was this like strong current of kind of of kind of hippie stuff, you know what I mean? Of right. kind of right, right. peace signs and even like that sort of tall, skinny, psychedelic lava lamp typography on yeah. on things and stuff yep. like that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, and there were there were and there were like Woodstock 94, right? Um, uh, exactly. Was- 
right? It was it was kind of a a, a re interest in that, even in the midst of 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 grunge and and you know alternative rock. Um, and so I found that really interesting because the way that it was described was could both refer to um, the the late sixties summer of love period and the early nineties, and kind of um, in, in that way, interestingly highlights the um the orbital nature and of, yeah and of, yeah of and also the idea of the the what what you said right like the construction of past or the construction of pastiness right mm-hmm. where where it's it's a kind of it's a projection based on current needs um you know uh and and it's what like i mean okay let's just bring the changes it's it's after a big period of economic prosperity right, right. it's after uh, uh, the Reagan years, which were also a time of sort of social, of sort of a locking down of social conservatism and a kind of re white breadifying of America as, you know, as the 50s were before the, before mm-hmm. the summer of love, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, uh, but, but it's, uh, you know, so the, I'm not saying there's no affinity at all, but the 60s is seen through the lens of the 90s weren't weren't really the 60s. They were a much more commodified 60s. Yep. They were an yep. urban outfitter if I'd 60s, well, right? Which was a thing then, you know. Well, and that's what's cool is that now, and then this is the layers on layers on layers, right? That um, we have now the, you know, the, the, the you know the twenty teens looking back on the nineties looking back on the sixties, yeah. um, and so there's the copy of a copy of a copy, mm-hmm. um, and and we're in full um, full American apparel or not American but full <laughs> urban outfitters. Now. Um, we are we are outfitted. <laughs> We are we are outfitted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, grab your backpack. Let's go. <laughs> Call up uh, your girlfriends. Let's go out tonight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Vamanos. <laughs> Dora, Dora, the late forties explorer. You know? <laughs> or late thirties, late thirties explorer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's okay. So so then I mean, just because you singled this out. Uh, Something like "I can't believe I'm getting married in May" was it was a lyric that um, that uh, uh, stuck out to me, uh, especially in the context of of um, uh, just one of the guys, right? Which is the song that there's a video for, and the video has uh, a bunch of it has a bunch of um, actresses, film actresses, and Jenny Lewis in, uh, dressed up as men with like, uh, porn mustaches and dressed up in, in track suits and, uh, you know, male wigs and kind of like acting out a ass acting out a parody masculinity, um, in, in the, in the video. And, uh, right. But with that, there, there's a, just a, a little break in that where she says, like, I'm just another lady without a baby. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, there's only one difference between you and me. Yeah. When I look at myself, all I can see is I'm just another lady without a baby. No, does that mean you have a baby? Or does that mean when you look at yourself, you see something other than a lady without a baby, right? Like, what is exactly what is exactly the, the point of difference? Because I think it's not obvious. Um in that, I, I think it's not obvious. I think it's not obvious. There is it that your self esteem is better than mine, or that your you are in the family way and I am not, uh, right? But but okay. So so this. Well, I, or I, I mean, I guess just to give you my read on that, and yeah. how to interpret it is that 
is that this is kind of how when you are a lady without a baby, that is how you are seen by society. Yeah. Right. And so that she's kind of a, you know, a woman with a, a career, one of the guys, someone who can hang, um, you know, is, is many, um, is, is a voyager. Um, but that, um, you know, for, from the perspective of society, she's someone in her late thirties who doesn't have a baby. Yeah. Um, and so it is, um, you know, I mean, it's it's an interesting question. But the idea, of, I mean, the idea of looking in the mirror is sort of like a, uh, an interpretation of your own self. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like what, mm-hmm. rather than rather than sort of a social view. You know, it's yeah. it's more a sort of personal. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. You know, that's a good point, though, right? Like, so it's like I know, like I can actually like talk a good game, but then I actually, when I actually look in the mirror, um, I like this this fact presents itself so the, i was kind of bemused by this by this recourse to a to a normative discourse of motherhood you know uh about sort of the t- the telos of of women being <laughs> the telos of the girl not being to go uh to go wild but being to get pregnant you know what i mean and that like this is another thing that i think that what well, is that, the telos of the girl to go wild but is the telos of the woman to go pregnant well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe and this is another thing right Right? Because I, I, I sort of the, – the aspect of nostalgia, the aspect of kind of looking back and evaluating past selves or past experiences and the, uh, also the aspect of kind of grappling with, grappling with a slightly more existential layer of, of question, right? Like uh, – or maybe that's not even the right word. A question that's not at the level of identity but that's at the level of, of um, life story. Right. Like right. what is what is the story of my life going to be? What has it been? Right. Because because for tra- Taylor Swift, the trajectory is all ahead. You know, yeah. it's all like there's not that much uh, trailing trailing behind her. And the 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 idea um you know, the idea that like you can't do something or can't be something, right? Like the idea that the, the reservoir of potential selves is finite, you know, is something that just doesn't, that you can't, you can't do in pop music. Brief digression. I heard a, uh, an NPR interview with Taylor Swift in support of the release of 1989. And the, uh, the interviewer who was a woman and who identified her, who, uh, uh, pointed out that she was a mom and had like a 12-year-old daughter who uh, the daughter and the friends were very, very, very into Taylor Swift, and the mom could actually quote a lot of songs and lyrics to Taylor Swift because she had probably been subjected to them in, uh, you know, in the car um, ceaselessly. Uh, now, so this, inter- this interviewer, this NPR uh, journalist, in the most condescending way possible said, well, given that you have such a platform among uh, young girls who are 12 to 15, you know... Th- don't you think you should be using it for good, right? Like, don't you think? And and the question that she asked, she actually, she actually asked the question in in a slightly inept way, I thought, right? Because the idea was, well, why not use use the songs as a platform for for politics or for some kind of you know some kind of social message beyond like you know you love me, you don't love me, yeah, 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 you know. Um, 
Shake it off. Shake, shake it off. Yeah, exactly. Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Right. And, uh, and but what she said was, you know, um, have you ever considered writing songs that are not self-absorbed? Right. Uh, <laughs> which is, I mean, which is just the worst way to put that. Uh, and and have you ever considered? Because, because in fact, no one has ever considered. No one who has ever written a song has ever. Like, uh, not considered writing a song that was not self-absorbed because the starting part process of writing a song is someone needs to hear the music and words that I have. Right. <laughs> well, and, and Taylor Swift actually actually replied in a in a pretty you know she's gonna like to say to make these uh, to to uh, take these fifteen year old girls out of their self and their own self involvement and into you know politics or society. And Taylor Swift said, "You're never going to take fifteen year." old girls out of their own self-involvement <laughs> which i thought was a pretty astute way of handling that uh such a patronizing question as that now this record is self-regarding but it doesn't have that it doesn't have that um it doesn't to me have that kind of self-involved tinge you know what i mean the kind of selfishness of youth or the 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 sort of youthful the sort of youthful self-involvement and i think it's this aspect is it's this aspect of fatalism or of of a kind of recognition that you know that i don't have that many more selves that i can be you know or i don't have like maybe there are more selves behind me than there are ahead of me right like maybe i'm getting married in may right like i'm locking down the self <laughs> for you know for a um uh for for a little while and uh and that like in that context the the cheating right like the the cheating lovers and stuff like that becomes very interesting because mm-hmm. it's the right the it's the cheating lovers way to experience other selves i can't be other selves for you anymore you know what i mean like i'm a lady without a baby i can't be a lady with a baby or on she's not me Right. Right. She's not right. I thought like that. She's not me actually elucidates maybe a little more um, a little more strongly what like the the uh, the weird ego splitting that I see in that's not me. Right. Right? I I mean, and and, and just that choice of words. I mean, it's at least influenced. Right. Even though like sonically, it's not, you know, directly in conversation with um, with with the Beach Boys that it's there. Right. That construction uh, there's at least some piece of influence there. Yeah. Um, there's something, uh, I mean, th- there's something, again, like a, a song with on and on and on and on and on uh, in it, right? Like, that's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Like, I, I suppose it's not all that, because um, ah is an open vowel, it sings well, right? And n is a consonant that you can sustain because it's, uh, uh, it's a continuant, and so you can you know, you can uh, have an N that, that you sing on a pitch, right? As opposed to like P or, or K or T or something like that, which you can't, uh, you can't sing on a pitch. Um, so like, I suppose on and on and on and on is a line that sings well, just because of the, the particular sounds uh, that are, that are interested in it. But it's, I mean, it does seem to me interesting that there, there are a lot of songs with sort of on and on, uh, and what, you know, what, what is it that's, that's going on and on? Well, in, in this case, um, in this case, it's, it's almost like the intolerable circumstances of life, uh, yeah. 
go on and on, right? Your story goes on and on. Hershey's having your baby well, and, and everything. It's, and it's the trajectory goes on and on, yeah. right? And yeah. it's, whether or not, yeah, whether or not here or, or other people's trajectories, mm-hmm. right, also mm-hmm. go on and on and on and yeah, on yeah, and yeah. on. Well, right? and that's, again, to go back to this, like, uh, <laughs> this, this Wikipedia graphic about space missions that has become uh, my cognitive map for understanding this album, uh, the, 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 the great image of actually you know voyager uh voyager and voyager 2 going in different directions right and that um there's a uh you know up to about saturn um they are aligned uh and then they abruptly split apart huh. um and go in 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 different directions right yeah. and, that, and it's just, i just find it to be such a powerful visual metaphor um for sort of what we were ta- what we we're talking about this and kind of how it in some ways you know Viewing it, it's also an interesting thing that um, contrasts uh, that contrasts Jenny Lewis with Tuvelu, who we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, in that, you know, that Jenny Lewis, you know, the Voyager is written not necessarily. Again, there's elements in which it's both. I mean, she again, there's this kind of act. Um, there are ways in which it's you know from out there in the trajectory, uh, whereas Tuve Lu has a certain amount of fatalism, but from much further in on the trajectory, right? That and Tuve Lu is, I think, around the same age as, as Taylor Swift, may, uh, maybe a little older, um, but definitely younger than, um, than than Jenny Lewis, right? So there, there's a sense of of fatalism and kind of being you know relatively far out, um, but with less of that kind of long view of of nostalgia, um, and so I think that what's really and again, I think what's to circle back to what I was saying um, early on is that, in some ways, the kind of self awareness and examination of that trajectory, um, interestingly, brings this record kind of back to in, from a, from a career perspective um, to some of the, um, the the records and, and some of what was appealing about um, the the early artistic parts of that trajectory, right? So that there's both kind of trajectory and orbit um, in one. I think that's part of what makes this for me um, a really fascinating um, a fascinating record. Yeah. Um, well, do, do we? I know we've uh, we've we've danced around late bloomer a little bit, um, but uh, we we in fact uh, are are blooming quite late in the this podcast. <laughs> uh, so. So, uh, what, what, I mean, uh, what, I mean, other than the obvious, uh, or maybe not even the, what grabbed you about this song and what, why, why is it, you know, what, what was it about it that jumped out at you and, and how does it relate to what we've been discussing with the rest of this album? Well, so, so, I mean, a couple of things, like some, some of the things like this is, this is a, uh, an odd, not odd. This is a, a kind of suggestive combination of time and timelessness, right? Like when I turned 16, I was furious and restless, a very timeless thing. Got a Chelsea girl haircut. Okay. So we're, we're, um, setting ourselves. I mean, we're setting ourselves in time and a plane ticket to Paris. Okay. American in Paris. Like I, this, this goes back to like Henry James. This goes back, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a, a long, long way. Stayed there with Pansy. He had a studio in the seventh. Okay. Uh, got it. Lost his lover to a sickness, right? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So okay, we're in we're in AIDS now, right? Yes. And now we're yep. like now we're pinpointed in uh, now we're pinpointed in time. Um, okay, so then so then uh, and just to, actually just to 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 pause before, to pause to break in. I mean, just kind of thinking about she's like conveying quite a lot 
very economically, right? That uh, you know, this is the that's the 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 up to the first half of the fourth line of the song, yeah, and and the, the establishment of kind of who, what, where, uh, uh, and why are. Are, are all there. Yeah, right? of, a, of a really specific milieu, but a milieu that, that has kind of tendrils that reach into history yeah. and into, yeah. like, deep cultural illusion. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's very good songwriting. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Specific true. and general at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Really, like, kind of Dylan-esque in that, in that way, right? Uh-huh. Like, and I, and I hadn't thought to, I hadn't thought to kind of pause and appreciate the craft, but that's like, um, uh, but that's a really good point that it's, that it's, uh, uh, that, it, that it really does a lot in, in a, um, uh, uh, it really does a lot, you know, um, so, yeah, but, okay, so like, like, uh, Rap Genius says that this is actually a, uh, that this is actually an auto, uh, autobiographical thing, um, that this is not a biographical song, right? And like Jenny Lewis went on a backpacking trip through Europe in her teens uh, and met a woman who was following the band Sebado, um, whose songs were written by Lou Barlow, who is the LB, I think, uh, of the song. Um, uh, Lou Barlow also of um, Dinosaur Jr. Okay, uh-huh. there you go. Uh, yeah, so like... Uh, you know, and so we like, got our indie rockers in Paris, and they're going gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you know, so so right. So she she like develops this fascination uh, with with um, with this girl Nancy, who it is heavily implied uh, they have a relationship. Um, Right, and there's something like open up late bloomer in in the allusion to flowers and also to sort of opening up that makes it that you know that kind of activates a sexual reading of what they're doing, and it's clear that that Jenny Lewis is into Nancy, but Nancy is looking for uh, uh Nancy is looking for um uh, the writer of a song that made her shiver, uh, listened over and over on her Walkman cassette. Again, a great little detail of material history. Mm. Um, uh, you know, and, and so, so, and, and finds him, uh, you know, shares, uh, um, I'm not quite sure exactly what happens. It's all, it's all through kind of illusion and innuendo, but, but it's, you know, but ends up feeling jealous, uh, when, when Nancy finds the guy that she's, that she's been kind of looking for, uh, or following or kind of semi stalking fan stalking. Um, and they go off, Nancy and the guy go off together and poor Jenny Lewis, uh, poor Jenny Lewis can't, um, uh, and poor Jenny Lewis can't, uh, is, is left lonely. Um, I want to, I want to zoom in a little J, the littlest J of them all. <laughs> um, but I want to, I want to actually, uh, uh, zoom in on one piece of, of kind of being left alone. Um, that's in the very, um, uh, like very end of the song, uh, where she says, and I promised I'd write her, but I never did. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's really interesting because, you know, on the, the one meaning is, you know, I'd, I'd keep in touch. I'd write her letters, but then there's also, I'd write her. I would, I would write 
the character i would uh, and 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 that has happened right and um and and in some ways you know going into the different meanings of keeping the fire burning um and keeping the fire burning in you little child um is is interesting relevant related to the ways in which you kind of again build this wormhole between your trajectory and your orbit um, right that 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 says that there is a some kind of a fire um, that is through these experiences through mistakes through going wild um, that you know that you know in some ways it's a way in which someone can both have their telos to be to go wild and to have a baby um yeah and that you have well, i was thinking i was thinking like sequential teloses right um <laughs> if that makes sense teleoi right i, yeah, yeah, I forget yeah, how yeah. greek plurals are formed but like the the uh uh i was i was thinking in a way like there's there's nothing uh there's nothing sadder than a girl who tries to go wild and doesn't quite manage it you know? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, then tries to go wild and goes melancholy instead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, exactly. And the raccoon eyeliner is just streaked. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the scene of of uh, Taylor Momsen taking her shirt off in Gossip Girl and Nate coming in to to save her. Right, like yeah. you know, she tries. You know, because there's a there's a boy who's sort of heavy as lead and. And she tries to go wild and and is prevented, um, you know. And uh, and yeah, and and it's this this song also. It's the centerpiece of the album, sort of, and it's it's the longest song on the album. So like, if you're just kind of listening listening through and sort of just noting kind of changes of texture this one you notice because it doesn't change texture for for nearly twice as long as all the right. others right. um and uh, you know what i mean and i and i think that like and is like is specifically is specifically a story right is yes. unique because it's it it is really a narrative it's about a voyage and not necessarily just a voyager Hmm. You know, which hmm. is why we, uh, you know, which is why it's an interesting, I mean, an interesting kind of counterpoint to the, the other things uh, on, on the album. Um, well, uh, it, is, it is the telos of youth to bloom and to die. Uh, speaking speaking of the Greeks, to get cut down in the battlefield like, uh, like the great heroes in, uh, in the Iliad. Um, and it is the telos of the podcast, to bloom late. Uh, and to die as well. So we'll, we'll, I guess, leave it there for, uh, for Jenny Lewis. This has been a, a really good, really good sort of counterpoint to, uh, really good counterpoint to Taylor Swift. Um, and, uh, an album that I'm really happy that we, that we got to talk about. Um, if you want to talk about the album, you can always come onto the show notes and leave a comment, uh, on the show notes on overthinking it. Uh, you can also follow us on, uh, the various social media platforms. We're TFT podcast on Facebook and at TFT podcast on Twitter. And we have an announcement that, that we want to make, uh, about that, which is that our, uh, our longtime listener, uh, Amanda, uh, longtime listener and, and friend also has uh, come on board the TFT podcast team as our as our unpaid exploited social media intern. Um, or I think I, I made up an acronym for it uh, before I forget what it is now. But, but I, mean, uh, I believe it's Smile, isn't yeah. it? Uh, social or- SM Social Media Intern 
labor exploitee. Yeah. And so uh, we're, we are exploiting the, the free labor of an intern in order to um, uh, keep the activity, in order to manage some of the activity on, on some of those social uh, on some of those social channels. So um, we, we promise you that they will, there will be a steady stream of good content and both, uh, or I should say all of uh, Ryan, uh, Amanda and me will be on there. Um, when you, when you hear specific, when you hear specific opinions through social media, they'll generally be signed with initials so that you know, who's uh, you know, whose opinion it is. Um, and, uh, and we're really trying to get that party started. So uh, follow us on Twitter, at TFT Podcast and like the TFT Podcast page on Facebook, um, which you can find by just searching for TFT Podcast in the uh, search bar at the top of uh, Facebook. And and uh, whenever we talk, um, wherever we talk, on whatever social media platform we talk, whoever talks, uh, we know one thing. It has been, it will be, it continues to be. Real.